0: Hey, everybody, welcome back to the show. This is episode 31 of the live stream on YouTube. Me and Dan talk about a whole bunch of stuff, including his uh, rough night <laughs> that he had uh, deer hunting, uh, where he ended, ended up uh, shooting a buck and not finding it. And we also talk about my longbow buck here in Indiana, uh, along with a whole bunch of QA and other really good topics. So I think you guys are really going to enjoy this one. But before we start, Got a few ad reads uh, for, for this show. The first one being from our friends at Exodus Outdoor Gear. If you're like me, you don't really have time to wait till Black Friday uh, for savings, right? Uh, that's why Exodus decided to run a very limited sale now to help you. Uh, Black Friday, dang near Deerskin, is over, so it's a good thing they have the sale right now. So starting right now, you can save 27% on any render bundle by using the code RUT20. That's uppercase R-U-T-2-7. This is the biggest savings Exodus has ever offered to, uh, to anybody in the industry. Um, they don't really anticipate it lasting very long. Um, If you're not familiar with the Exodus product line, the the Exodus Render is the Verizon 4G LTE camera that works with any connected devices and provides some of the fastest transmission times in the entire industry. On top of that, it's as user-friendly as it gets. It comes with the Exodus Advantage, which the Exodus Advantage is the 5-year, no BS warranty, 5-year theft and damage protection, uh, and then lastly, the best in-class customer service so if you're wanting to get yourself an exodus render right now is a great time to save 27 percent on a render bundle by using the code rut27 also want to thank lou from stealth outdoors they got some pretty cool new products and um, they're coming out with a line from natural gear camo which looks pretty cool i think lou's gonna send me some of that to show you guys on uh, the live stream sometime Uh, my favorite product from stealth outdoors is the buckle silencers hands down if you don't buy anything else buy the buckle silencers Um, you know you're buying it from a great great guy and a great company so visit stealthoutdoors.com and get you some stealth strips. Also, real quick, want to thank Hunting Beast Gear. I've had a heck of a season this year, and every single deer I've killed this year has been out of my Beast stand. Um, the the Beast sticks um, are awesome. I just I just got a buddy a set of them, and um, he went from uh, another brand to this one, and it's just he's like he can't believe the uh, how much better the Beast sticks are than the the brand he had before so if you haven't got yet a set of beast sticks go to huntingbeastgear.com and pick you up some beast sticks i know the stand i don't know if it's in stock right now but i know they're working diligently on trying to to get those um, um those stands back in stock for everybody so keep an eye out for all that and now let's get into the episode hey everybody welcome back to the show hope everybody's doing good tonight what's
1: going on what's everybody up?
0: nice hat dan
1: you like that i found it laying on my yard <laughs> <Zeke> outdoors. <laughs> <laughs> no zeke outdoors uh the young man uh that listens to the podcast he's been on once or twice hasn't he oh
0: yeah yeah
1: they they're call in from time now. to time they're on oh, well i think him they're him on their own earlier him. Yeah, show them some support. Everybody here should go follow him. He's, uh, I believe he's six years old, has his own YouTube uh, page. Yep. Yep. He always, some good, he always
0: has some good questions for us, too. Mm-hmm. So, awesome. Anyway, what's been going on with you, Dan? Make it back from uh, western Wisconsin, all right?
1: I made it back alive. I was pretty tired. I didn't sleep much in that damn tent.
0: Oof. Yeah. Yeah, it was a little cold. We had the of course my my boy and my wife were with me, so we had the uh the wood burner and stuff and it wasn't too bad obviously in mine. But you guys you guys had a electric heater in your your tent, didn't
1: you? Yeah. Rick's farce were warmer than the heater, but Yeah. Oh man. It uh, right through the um uh, break right through to, like the cloth. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't stay in there. Right. It's really whipping.
0: It. Yeah. It got windy there for a couple nights and, um, but
1: it is what it is. I don't know. It wasn't that bad. Yeah. No. The worst no. thing was the ticks. Oh God.
0: Yeah. Um, you got a couple on you, didn't you?
1: Like yeah, attached. I got, uh, I got, uh, six deer ticks on me. Not wood ticks, but deer ticks, the the dangerous ones. And -hmm. two of them got embedded.
0: Have you got any rashes or anything from them?
1: I got two big welts. Um, And I got to go on that that antibiotic to uh, make sure I don't get Lyme's disease.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's worth just going and doing it and getting it over with. That way you don't have to worry about it. I checked myself. I had like three. uh... Good. I, I had three or four on me too. Uh, not embedded just like crawling on me. Um not too cool. I didn't know they were that bad in even in, in, in this time of year, you know. Um
1: yeah, it was but, snowing. For God's sake. I know.
0: This. I know. You wouldn't think be um, out. Yeah, I always worry about them early, you know, in September and early October, but usually when it gets cold, I don't don't tend to think about them too much. But anyway, we'll talk about uh, West County.
1: Yeah, talk about that some other time. Yeah, and, we'll talk uh, about Wisconsin next week. When our shows come up.
0: Yep. Um Yeah, would you be looking for those early next week? I'm in the process of editing the Michigan videos, which those came the first one came out uh, this evening, and then early next week the Battle of the Bows videos will come out and you guys get to see what happened there. So um anyway, so we got some we got a few people on now. So if you guys don't know how it works. Uh, me and Dan are going to chit-chat about a couple things for, I don't know, 45 minutes or so. Then we'll do some Q&As at the end of the show. You just got to leave your uh, questions in the comments there. Um, and we'll and I'll go through them at the end and we'll, we'll answer them. And then I'll also put a link to call in. If you want to call in and talk to us, there'll be a link in the comments to where you can, you can do that as well. Um, if you call in, just make sure you... Um, you're going to be on screen and all that. So, uh, talk appropriately and, uh, make sure you're not anywhere crazy. (laughs) Yeah. You have to have good internet connection too, to get on here. So, um, anyway, yeah, we're going to talk about a couple things tonight. We're gonna talk about my buck here in a little bit, but Dan had a, the same exact night I shot my buck. Dan had a pretty eventful night as well. (laughs) Sure did. So, uh, what happened that night, Dana? We were we were texting back yeah. and forth because you, you were seeing deer and I was seeing deer, and we were all excited.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I, uh, I got a cell cam over by Dave's up by the road, and um, it was getting a lot of pictures all of a sudden, mostly does and some small bucks, but the amount of activity was interesting. And I thought, well, Maybe something's going on. Maybe there's a doe coming in early or something, or just seemed weird. And I thought, I had to do the show with you, so it would be a good hunt to just get you know where I can get out of there quick and get on the show. So I thought, well, all my hunts I've been um, going into in deep and you know trying to make it happen with a big buck. I thought on that hunt. I could observe the front half of the farm. I can see all the way up, all the way down, around the corner a little bit from, you know, if I sit back a little bit and I could shoot my doe, get that done with, you know, and, um, then just watch what comes out and, you know, where it goes. So all was going as planned when a doe popped out about an hour before dark and the doe came by and, uh, um, she was around for quite a while. If you watched the video, I cut a lot of it out because she was there for so long. She kept going back and forth. I had that tree in my way and I had to get the bow on the right side because I had to have the stand backwards because the tree was angling. So that was that was a pain. But uh, she finally picked a side and uh, waited until I had a really good shot, took a hard shot. She uh, ran off, died. And, uh, I hung up my bow and I think I sent you a text that I just, uh, uh, whacked Yeah. dough that, uh, maybe we should call the show or something so that I could take care of it mm. or, you know, or I could grab it quick and we could do it just a little late. I think is what I was right. saying. Yeah. And then, uh, you said something like, I can't talk. I got a buck in the field. <laughs> and then, yeah. uh, I mean, that was all in a, a matter of seconds. And then I looked right. to my right. And there's a nice buck I've never seen before standing in the field, looking over, and it had to be there when I shot that doe. So must've blocked my view from seeing it where I didn't notice it before, but it's standing there with its ears alert, looking to where the doe was. And I'm like, oh, geez, where did he come from? So I'm looking at him and I started thinking, you know what, let's shoot that. That's a pretty nice buck. So, I got the bowl ready, the camera ready. I couldn't get it on film because uh, there's a tree right up close to me without putting it in manual focus or something. So I just got it kind of aimed over there and waiting because the buck was taking like a step or two towards me and then a step or two towards me. I figured he'd just come into view eventually here. So I got the camera over there and um, while I'm looking at him, and it, again, this is just a matter of minutes from when I, when I shot the doe. Out of my peripheral, I see something below me. And I look down and there's a, a real nice buck, a pretty big one walking right underneath me. And it's going to walk by, you know, at like four or five yards. It's right on, you know, the trail right underneath me. So, um, while it was behind some trees, I drew the bow, and it got right underneath me, know, to about, you know, six or eight yards or something. And it stops and just for whatever reason, looks straight up at me. And uh, in the heat of the moment at full draw, I talked myself into, I couldn't miss putting one right in here. You know, I could vision that the, you know, the the heart and center of the lungs was right in line with that. And I shot and um, it wasn't in my sight window, but right off of the shelf, uh, uh, I clipped the leaf off of a branch It didn't seem to affect flight, but I don't know. Maybe it slowed it down a little. I don't know. But I got about uh, 13 inches of penetration, which I would have thought would have been enough to kill that thing. You know, right down into the vitals. Um, It stumbled hard and ran hard. And uh, I called in the dog. We got the dog on it. And... uh, we tracked it. Um, it never stopped all the way to a road across two properties. And then I couldn't go on the third property because of, uh, permission. So the dog guy goes home and the next morning at a decent time, I called and got permission on the neighboring property and went onto there. And then he, then he was walking pretty good and I was able to fall blood for quite a ways. And then I even found my arrow busted off. And the thing was, he went across three three solid properties because probably that arrow was right in front of his face with the lit knock mm-hmm. of his face until he broke it off. And when he broke it off, he quit bleeding real well, and I, I lost the blood trail. And uh, eventually completely lost and couldn't pick him back up. Then I scanned bedding areas and uh, spent a good day at it. And then um, after making some phone calls to local uh, people out there, Got the whole neighborhood searching for it. And nobody ever found it. So, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That's a tough. Yeah, that's, tough, a tough that's a tough one. I uh I shot one. Gosh, it's probably been ten or twelve years ago on a deer drive with a bow through the chest right here, and it ran a long way before we found it too.
1: Um, I, I'm fairly certain that that deer is dead because it was coughing up mm-hmm. lung blood. I don't know how i could have got one lung and not the other but
0: oh really yeah that's mm-hmm. hmm yeah this one i i shot it i, I hit him kind of high i mean i shot him right through the neck and it i shot him with uh a big expandable too so it did quite a bit of damage and he just pretty much ran until he lost enough blood to probably get dizzy and fell over you know mm-hmm. but it took us forever to find that deer too i mean we we look for a full day and finally just kind of stumbled upon him um luckily kind of thing but um yeah i think i posted a picture of that deer on the hunting beast him you can if you look close you can see a great big gash in his neck right here and that's where i end up shooting him not a good shot but it's a deer drive so um
1: yeah is what it is um you know i try not yeah. to uh, take shots that um, are iffy yeah I mean, it catches you by surprise that, that heat of the moment thing when all of a sudden that deer's there and you're at full draw and it's right there. I have a tendency to um, talk myself into this. It's a slam dunk. You know what I mean? You can't miss. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: I don't know how to say this without sounding like bad or unethical. Cause I'm, I'm not by any means, but like, people that think that you're going to have a perfect shot every time are just unrealistic. Like if you're going to start killing deer, sometimes you got to try to thread a needle somewhere, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not saying, you know, that your shot was good or bad or anything. It's just like, man, there's sometimes it doesn't, it's not perfect. And it's, and you're still, no matter if you shoot them through the heart or through the liver or whatever, it's like, you're still killing the, the deer. I don't, you know, I, it's not going to be pretty either way. And, um, yeah, we we want to make it as ethical as possible and all that stuff. But it's like sometimes you can have a perfect shot and it's not very ethical. You know, <laughs> you can hit them through yeah, the guts well, and they lay there for, two you know, days as long, as, suffers, as, long so. as my heart,
1: I know that I believed I was going to kill that deer when I took the shot. I'm right. good with it. Yeah. If somebody else ain't that's their problem. Uh, really. I mean, I'm out there trying to kill them. We limit ourselves with uh, equipment that's hard, hard to kill deer to yeah. um, make it harder. You know, that's why we bull right. hunt. Yeah. So when something goes south, we have to, um, you know, get up, wipe yourself off and keep going.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, kudos to you for even putting that video on the internet. You know, most every, every other hunter almost in the country, you know, you make that shot and mess it up. And then you just, nobody ever hears about it, you know, um, which yeah, you could have done that. But yeah. So uh, it was a good video, a good learning experience for people, um, especially like. I have a friend that's probably watching right now. You know, he, he wounded one uh, the other day. It was his first archery buck, you know, or archery uh, deer. It was a doe. Um, And, you know, we kind of talked about what he did wrong, what he did right and all that stuff and how to prevent it from happening next time. And, you know, maybe your video will teach someone that lesson without them having to go through it, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. A Um, couple of people said that, well, you only got a softball size, Target there, and uh, that's probably true. But that's a lot of times that's all you have on the chest cavity too. You, you know, when you look at where the lungs are, I mean, the lungs might be a little more elongated and stuff, but they're going to be thinner if you're up at a higher elevation because you're otherwise you're only hitting one. So I mean, um, yeah, I'm... softball ain't that bad. At, when you're talking about y- y- you know uh, eight yard shot, the size of a softball should be hit every time. Yeah. And, uh, regardless of how the video looks, um, I mean, there's, there's people saying I shot it in the face. There's people saying I shot it through the nose. And I mean, I don't know how they get that out of it. Um, then again, I got the, the pure video that's crystal clear, Right. but, uh, actually the, the deer does drop a little bit before the, uh, shot, but the arrow hits exactly where I was aiming. Exactly. Um, Matter of fact, it hit better than I would have hit if the deer stood still. I would have been off by about two inches, but he dropped about two inches into the arrow. Perfect. Yeah.
2: Hmm.
1: So I don't know. I don't know why I didn't get the penetration. Maybe it's the lower poundage, uh, you know. I don't know. I know guys that have told me that they've taken that shot 10 times and killed 10 deer.
0: Yeah. Um, I know a lot of those guys out west shoot a lot of elk that way, head on like that.
1: And an elk's a much bigger animal.
0: Yeah. I've seen
1: videos of them, you know, just golly, it
0: does some damage to them if you hit them in the right spot. I mean, it's brutal. A
1: lot of people do it with bears.
0: Yeah, really? Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Bears, you're getting meat at all. I mean, them shoulders are so solid, you ain't going nowhere.
0: Yeah. Hmm. How big a deer was it? I
1: don't I'm know. i thinking. It was oh. You know, uh, if it's the deer, I think it was based on – camera picture. I'd never seen it before, but I pulled the card on a nearby camera, um, when I got there and when I got home after the hunt, I put it in. And if it was that deer, I would say it was in, um, mid to high one forties. Um, but it looked bigger than that from the tree. So I'm not positive. It was that deer, but that's as a nine pointer. If it was a 10, it would be probably 150 class. Yeah. It was it had a bushel basket rack on it. It was a pretty good buck. Yeah. It was a lot bigger than the buck I was about to shoot.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Now one forty is a big deer. People some people don't realize that how big a 140 is. Well most people a deer, call
1: it 140 or 160.
0: Right. Um, that's,
1: that's the difference.
0: Yeah, right. That deer Gary shot, uh, it's on the on the channel. That, that scored like one forty five, and that was a giant deer. I mean, just a big freaking yeah, it was a great buck. deer as a nine pointer you know so um I actually guessed that score right on the money too we before we scored it we guessed and I was right on the money so I was pretty proud of that Gary accused me of scoring it before I scored it, but uh I didn't <laughs> anyway um was
1: there money involved
0: maybe you should have. <laughs> no there wasn't any money involved it was just me and Gary in my driveway so. Yeah. Um, well, who knows? Maybe you'll. Uh, you still got a lot of season left. Heck, it's not even fricking end of October yet, so. Um, lots of time left. Yeah, I'm starting to see right. some big animals. So. It seems like deer are moving right now. They are. They are here. Yeah, I I still have some cameras out and stuff, and I'm getting getting quite a few pictures. Um, I got like a dozen deer on camera that Maddie would shoot. So, uh, probably going to work on getting her one and whenever she has chances to go out.
1: So I put a bunch of Exodus, uh, cell cams and staging areas just to kind of get some intel of what goes, goes on, you know, on a, on a season wise basis and how many deer bed there and and that kind of crap. Yeah. And, uh. Jeez, oh, I just found another tick. Are you kidding me? Oh,
0: just pulled one on my neck. Jeez, Damn. man, you guys must have got in a pile of them.
1: Yeah, I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh,
1: what was I saying?
0: Exodus trail cameras. You have them out for? Yeah. So uh,
1: what I, what I what I've been noticing right now, right now in southern Wisconsin. This probably isn't everywhere. Right, But all the cameras that have a lot of doe activity all have had big bucks showing up on them all of a sudden as, you know, right now that haven't yeah. had big bucks on them before.
0: Yeah. I, uh, where I shot my buck in Indiana last year, which I think was on the 19th. Uh, don't quote me on that. I don't, I'm bad at remembering dates, but, uh, yesterday I had a nice buck scroll or, or, uh, come through there again. So, it's always a spot where it's kind of, there's nothing there until about right now. And then there, uh, um, seems to be a good one in there every year, but anyway, um, you want to talk about my buck now or do you want to, you got anything else about your, your deer that you no, shot? It's good. Yeah. So I was in the same boat as you. I was the night we had the show here. We were going to have the show. So I was just buzzing, down the road here to a piece of pu- private I have. Um, all my public I hunt is like twenty minutes or more from my house, um, so it's not like a you can't get back to the house in a jiffy or anything. But so I have just some a handful of small parcels of private around my house that neighbors and you know people from work and stuff have let, let me hunt, ranging from twenty acres to a hundred acres. Um, and this piece I actually just got it this year um uh it's a neighbor of mine actually ended up stopping by this summer and offering me if i wanted to hunt his his deer hunter um is no longer hunting there he's like if you want to go in there now you can um it's not much there like if you were looking for a piece of ground to hunt you would not look at this piece it's a hundred acre cornfield it's along a river but there's the river isn't a there's no woods on it per se. It's just a tree line like along the river bank. And then they cut the, you know, they've cut all, out the trees or whatever, just corn along the river. But in the middle of the hundred acre field, there's a, from the, the, the river has a drainage that goes out in the middle of the field. Like for when it floods, um, you know, the water goes out in that, uh, drainage instead of out in the fields. It goes out in the fields too, if it gets big enough, but that's what that's for. And there's like some shrub trees and, um, horse weeds and stuff in that drainage and deer just pile in there. Um, and that's something that I think like a lot of people can, whenever they're looking at, at especially farm ground, like deer don't, they're not always in the woods or in the the big pieces that look good. Like this is just like a scrubby little junk Mm -hmm. uh, section that, Mm -hmm. um, you wouldn't, wouldn't think much of. And, and the deer just, I don't know. It's, it's the only little, cover for you know 200 yards um and they they get to that little that little scrub real real fast when they're out in that field but um i had a trail camera in there and i checked it um i don't know whatever a week before my um before i shot that buck and there was like three d- pretty decent bucks on there um that i well, i thought i'd probably shoot on the trail camera and there was fresh rubs on that and some of the, that tree line that I uh, was setting in. Um, so I waited that, that night I had a good wind. It was like a, um, kind of a Southwest wind. And, uh, I actually had to drive around the backside of the property to go in to have the wind, right. Uh, which is out of the way, you know, it, it's not very far from my house, but I actually drove all the way around the block to get to it. Um, so I could come in from the, the opposite side. Um, cause you can't, the river there, you can't, there's not a true block. You can't actually go around. You have to go all the way around the next bridge to get around the river. Um, so my, uh, what would be like a three minute drive for me turns into, you know, 10 minutes or 15 minutes, which is still not very far, but anyway. Um, I uh, got set up there and uh, wasn't really seeing anything until that last hour of light. And there was a decent, decent buck out in the field. I wasn't going to shoot it. And he, this is the one that I was, I texted you was out in the field. There's a decent buck out in the field uh, with some does and they ended up working off just out in the middle of the field.
1: Oh, so it wasn't the same buck.
0: No, uh-uh. no, there was a, like a hundred and five hundred, maybe 105 inch eight pointer probably. Um, and then a few does were out in the field and they were way out there. They're like 150 yards from me. Um, and, uh, like if, if legal light was 740, um, at like 730, um, there's a railroad track over there. And I looked over and there was a, the railroad track's real thick around it and stuff. And there's bedding in that railroad track. Um, and I looked over and there was something bigger walking out of that railroad track. And I kind of got my binoculars up real quick and it was that, it was the buck I shot it was coming out of that bedding or uh, along the railroad track and i've noticed this on, on this particular piece um is like they don't the the deer seem to just like get to that little shrubby brush that i was setting in as fast as they can like um whenever they're they're wanting to go somewhere like they'll get to that they'll get out into that field or, or at least the bucks the, the mature bucks they'll get on that field and then they'll they'll get to that, uh, real close to that shrubby brush stuff. And that's where they like to hang out. Um, and obviously they're thinking probably, you know, there's cover there and I'm not out in the middle of this field where everybody can see me and this and that. And that's exactly what that buck did is he like, he, he just walked right over to me from that bedding area. Um, and, uh, yeah, essentially I was just in a, there's, it's hard to explain without getting a map up, but in that finger, it's all like, shrubby trees and horse weeds and then in the middle of it there's like an opening that goes in between the the horse weeds. so they it filters them right through the middle of that thing and it's only a real real good place that they can walk through so i was sitting with my wind uh perfect for whenever they walk through that little opening uh, to go into that real, real little shrubby stuff and he walked um i mean he, i shot him at like six
1: yards um well you had to you're using a stick and string weren't you
0: yeah. yeah I, I, took my, I took my longbow. Oh yeah, sorry. Um that's my biggest deer with a longbow for sure. Um it's not my my biggest buck by any stretch, but with a longbow it is. <laughs> I've shot a bunch of does and a few small bucks, but not a decent one. Um but it was cool like it was uh then of course I called Maddie cuz they just they were just up the road from my at my house and she brought Huck there and um, he was a character, and he loved every second of it. You can hear him in the video. He's gonna be ate up with it one of these days. He was. I I was explaining to everybody what was going on, you know, and how how this happened, and every now he go, "Yep, that's right." <laughs> just I'm like, "Yeah, you know, don't you, buddy?" Oh, it was funny. Oh, I didn't I didn't include this in the video just because it's my neighbor, but um, so. Maddie drove down, down there to that property and, uh, we got the buck loaded up and we were driving out and, um, I noticed a flashlight up by the road. Didn't think much of it. I thought it was a car or something when I saw it at first. And, uh, I get, she, she was ahead of me cause I was kind of taking care of the deer a little bit. She was going to go ahead home and, uh, um, I start heading back to the, get out to the road from the farm there. And I look and there's a, uh, there's some lady in her pajamas uh, in front of Maddie blocking the, the road. And it's a public road that goes through, it's a public road that goes through this farm. It's like a gravel road, but it's public down. It goes down along the river. And uh, there's a rental house at the end of the, uh, where you go into the farm. There's a rental house right there that the farmer rents. And, uh, this lady had blocked that road, that public road. And, uh, she was questioning Maddie, like, um, what are you doing down here? You know? And, and who's the landowner? Of course, Maddie couldn't, she didn't know who the landowner was, you know, she couldn't remember his name. And, uh, she was just like, I'm just down here. My husband was hunting and got deer. I was helping him get it out. And finally I got up to her and I, I hopped out and she's like, this is a private road. And I don't want, uh, my kids getting hit on this road and going on and on and on. And, Finally, I calmed her down and I kind of told her who I was. And then she's like, Oh, you're a talker. I'm like, yeah. He goes, Oh, she's like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I, if I'd have known it was you, I wouldn't have even came out here. And I was like, geez, she was, she threatened to call the cops on us and everything else. But that was a little bit of a mess for a second. Uh, but Maddie just didn't, if she would have told her that it was our neighbor, like, I don't, I don't know how she didn't recognize both our vehicles down there. she, she literally can see him from the her house, uh, you know, sitting in our front yard. But anyway, yeah, we got the cops caught on us on a private, on a public road going down to the river. But
1: anywho. Yeah, you run to a lot of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Land
0: yeah, this wasn't even public, though. This oh, was yeah. a <laughs> private farm that had a private road going down to it.
1: Well, I'm uh, a sure crap on the private eye hunt, don't I? <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> no, it was good. And, and they, they, I think they've had some uh, bad experiences down there with uh, drugs and stuff. So she probably had some reason to be uh, suspicious, but we were just, uh, I didn't think we were that suspicious looking.
1: Yeah. You know? That's what you should is, do. somebody's suspicious is just run up to them unarmed in your pajamas and confront them, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Ah, she was super friendly once. Uh, once she uh, realized who it was, but uh, I mean, my uncle lit- literally lives like right across the street from her, and we're over there all the time. Like, I don't know. It was it was kind of weird, but um, I don't think she gets out much. Put it that way. Um. Anyway, so I'm out, I'm out of ta- I'm out of tags in Indiana. I can go kill a couple does, which I'm probably going to do. But it's always a bittersweet moment, especially when you do it early season.
1: Ach, you're right next to the Illinois border. You're right next to the Kentucky border. Yeah, Ohio. Yeah. Yep. You, you, tell, you tell you tell Maddie you're going to the store to get some bread and you know, come back
0: tomorrow.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I'll go to Ohio probably. I don't know. I'm thinking about going the second week in November before our gun season comes open.
1: So that's victim number two. Mm
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Ain't even rut yet.
0: Nope. Doing pretty good. Yep. So far, so good.
1: But, yeah.
0: You going to come down here, you think?
1: I'm thinking about uh, maybe, maybe first week in November we could do something down there. I think you should, uh, yep. I don't want to hold you back, though. I mean, you should be out flying around hunting stuff, too.
0: I'm going to go, I'm going to decide, I'm going to go the next week. Uh, I'm going to go to Ohio the week after that. So, um, some people were telling me that, uh, well, the stick boys, they were telling me that second week is better in Ohio. Just because of the pressure, the first week of November, everybody feels like they have to go, you know. And then after after that week, everybody goes home, and you kind of got it to yourself again. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, even the even that week or the following week would be good. He he said that seems like a better uh, better week, less pressure the, those couple weeks. Um, but we'll see. That's the plan right now. I'm
1: just thinking I'm into something, somebody's already burned up.
0: Yeah, I don't know though. Sometimes that time of year, it's you know I wouldn't is. want to hunt
1: on the property they hunted on <laughs> last week in Western Wisconsin. Oh
0: yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. I don't think, I don't think Southern Ohio has that kind of pressure. But um, I don't know. I could be wrong. I've never been there. Um, there's a lot of public land down there, though. They got the Wayne and a bunch of other stuff down there. So uh, it's only. I mean, I can be in public land in Ohio probably in two hours. So. Um, it's not that far from my place. It's just far enough, but you know, uh, yeah. Surprisingly, I've never really hunted Ohio, which is baffles my mind thinking about a little bit. But uh, this will be my first real, real trip. I went there last or a couple years ago during late season, just for a, a weekend. But I didn't get much accomplished that weekend other than running into a bunch of Amish men muzzleloader hunting.
1: <laughs> um. If you're going to Ohio, the deer are in trouble. Hope so. Yeah.
0: Well, I, the only reason I'm I'm definitely going to go to Ohio is I already bought the I already bought the uh, hunting license here in turkey season when I went and turkey hunted over there. So all uh-huh. I have to all I have to do is buy like a sixty dollar tag and I'm good to go because I already got the hunting license. Or if I went down to Kentucky or anywhere else, you're looking at another three hundred and fifty bucks or
1: well, Illinois is like six something I think. I know, yep, some good hunting over there though, probably better than Kentucky, yeah, yeah i'm but not gonna I'm not if- gonna get
0: to Kentucky this year um my dad actually has a Kentucky license. I thought about seeing if he wanted to go down there, but um they got uh they got a for building this house and stuff, so I don't think he'd be able to to get away, and there's a few nice deer around here he's gonna chase after, so um. Yeah, I think between now and middle of November, I'm probably going to try to focus on hunting with Maddie and getting her deer. I also got a, a buddy that I was talking about earlier that's new to hunting, try to help him out a little bit too. He was over actually today shooting his bow and we were practicing his mobile stand, you know, climbing up and down. I, um, he got some bee sticks and um, a stand and just practicing. It's always, uh, I was... Um, it's always like, I don't know how to, to say it, but uh, you always take for granted what you know, kind of thing, like teaching someone everything every, that's never heard any of the terminology about stands and sticks and what everything's called. And you're, you're sitting there using some term that us hunters like buckles and just stuff like that, that they're like, what, what are you talking about on my buckle? Like, you know, like the your buckles on your stand
1: or, um, but. I'd nice. really like to see Maddie get one. It's been a while for her, hasn't it?
0: She hasn't really hunted since Huck was born, so this will be her third season, or you know, she hasn't hunted in two seasons.
1: Yeah, she does so much for us. She she goes to these events and cooks for us, and you know, yeah, I'd, I'd really like to see her get a deer.
0: Yeah, be- she's going to try, um, for sure. She she doesn't not a real big fan of sitting in the cold weather though, so it's kind of a catch twenty two. Sometimes you got to. Sometimes you got to sit in the cold weather, but we got some warm weather coming up next week. Actually, it's going to be um, 70s again here, which isn't uncommon, mm-hmm. but, you know, today was like 29 or something in the morning. And, and then tomorrow it's going to be 79. So <laughs> I can't make I up. A spot I've been
1: just waiting for a southwest wind. And every time I get one, I'm out of state.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, we, well, neither one of us, well, you've, you've hunted, you got to hunt Wisconsin quite a bit there, um, early season, I guess, didn't you, before yeah. you had to, yeah, yeah, um, well, I guess you weren't, you weren't out of state last week, you were in Wisconsin, just in a different area.
1: Yeah, well, um, that's, that's kind of what I meant.
0: Right, right, you weren't in your home turf type of thing. West,
1: yep. continent, like, East Wisconsin. Oh, yeah. Right.
0: Uh, um, that's it. My buck wasn't. It wasn't real exciting. It was a.
1: Um, Seems exciting to me.
0: Yeah, farmland. Tell
1: a Good story. Yeah.
0: I don't tell a good story.
1: Some, some, yeah. Say some. You know, um, little midgets came out and chased you around a tree a couple times or something. You know, makes like yeah.
0: If I would have included the neighbor um, calling the cops on us uh, in the video, it probably have done better. But you don't want to do something like that to your neighbor. I don't think she watching that. Film the up
1: close. And, no, For no.
0: <laughs> she she uh, I I shouldn't. I probably shouldn't even said it. Or she lost her husband this summer and stuff, and I think she's just a little bit paranoid. Um, there by herself with her with her um, her son and his boys live with them. So yeah. with her, I mean, so, but just weird,
1: uh, threw me off anyway. Well, when was when we were driving back from, um, from, uh, West Wisconsin, mm-hmm. um, I stopped in Madison for gas and, um, uh, and, uh, creepy dude, uh, blocked me in and, uh, Came over and uh, asked me for $5 for gas. He said, yeah. uh, you needed it. And uh, I contemplated it for a second and just gave him the five bucks. Carol was like, you should not have gave him that five bucks. And I was like, mm, I don't want to have to kill him. <laughs> <laughs> right. <These laughs> so I am now, like it. A- five bucks is nice. nice. I, I'm thinking, you know. I give $10 for a tip at a restaurant. I mean, what's five bucks? Right. Bucks to get rid of them.
0: Yeah. I'm a magnet for people like that at gas stations. I'm, I'm always getting asked for money. Five bucks ain't getting you very much gas right now.
1: If you tried grabbing my wallet, you'd probably get shot. (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. We didn't, our trip up there and back was pretty smooth. We didn't have anything crazy happen. I thought, we had crap. We, we drove Manny's Forerunner and we had stuff strapped all over that thing. I thought for sure something was going to fall off of it, but it never did. I had her strapped down good. We had boxes strapped to the top and luggage rack on the back. And I got to figure out a better way of when you have a family with you, you carry so much crap, you know, uh, with a little one and, you know, cooking stuff and all that. But we made it when you get a little trailer or something, a little enclosed trailer to that away. I get real. Um, I guess you want to call anxious or aggravated with all the packing and shoving everything in my, in the vehicle. And it's barely it, all food. It I do,
1: pack once and it's packed for the year.
0: Well, that's why we'd like a little enclosed trailer. We just pack it all like our camping stuff, pack it in there. And then when you go on these, cause we go on a few a year, um, but we'll see. Then we got a call in here, Tyler. Can you hear us? Yeah. Hey, how's it going? How hey, are you
1: doing, Tyler?
3: Good, Pretty Very good. So, uh, been this is my first year hunting on um, uh, public land down in southern Indiana, or not super southern, just south of Indy and everything. But been uh, kind of hitting around different spots and everything down there. First time really being out in hill country. Um, so I was just kind of curious. I've been kind of casting a broad net, um, hitting up some different spots everywhere, and um, seeing couple smaller bucks and everything um but not any like major hot sign i've been looking along like the betting points and everything and then down in the bottoms as well and um just kind of curious you know do you guys would you say recommend more like picking one bigger piece of public and trying to pick it apart or uh kind of keep going around bebopping between different ones um found one yesterday that was looked pretty good on a map and everything, but ended up having a lot of pressure, but um, a couple of cameras shooting house over on private right next to it and everything. But just kind of not really sure
1: where to put all my focus at. What do you think, Josh?
0: Um, I, if I were you, if you're like, if you're new to hill country, it may be better for you. And I mean, I know you're, if you're hunting Southern Indiana, you're probably, you know, in the huge national and those great big giant blocks of public, you know, um, it may be more beneficial to learn that, like take a season and just learn one piece. Um, cause I guarantee you there's a big deer in one of the blocks that you're in. Like, you know, about all of them have, have a big deer running around in it. And yeah, like sign in Indiana in the Hills. I don't, I don't always see a whole bunch of big sign, honestly. Um, I mean, I have, I can think of a one particular area where I have a deer that probably would go in the one seventies and there is not a rub in that whole piece of public that he lives on that I think would replicate or, or indicate he's a 170 inch deer. Um, and, th- and, and that's what I always tell people when they first come here is like, don't, um, don't get too caught up on if you're not, um, you know, they're going to leave big tracks obviously, but you can't always see tracks in the hills cause it's rocky and, um, unless you're down low in some of the low areas. Um, so don't get too caught up on if there's a, um, you know, no, Rubs that are chest high or any of that kind of stuff. Um, Have you got anything on camera, or have you? You were you saying you put out two cameras, or you don't, or you just saw two cameras? uh,
3: Just running into cameras. I actually just put out a. gotcha um, Found a a pretty decent spot. It was um, kind of like a swampy creek bottom at the way way back at this private and everything or um, public piece. um, Actually, right up next to a highway, and um, so looked pretty good so i set my camera out there and everything i did some some preseason scouting a little bit but not as much as what i'd like to so um unfortunately i don't have any other cameras out anywhere right now so it's been more just hunting a little bit in the morning and then scouting around different uh throughout the property and everything throughout the day and then trying to find somewhere decent to set up in the evening
0: yeah Um, and if you if you're a new hunter too man it's like sometimes jumping around just confuses you more like if you can just learn you know learn this big piece of you know, four or 500 acres or more, however big a chunk it is, you know, um, and figure it out. You can learn a lot from, you know, figuring out one spot. What do you think, Dan?
1: Nothing. I'd hop around all over the place. Really? <laughs> yeah. I but, uh, that's, that's just me. Um, I think, uh, I think I would, I would do what Josh is saying in the springtime. I'd really learn some properties and learn some spots, but once I had those spots burnt out or whatever, I'd be, um, going from property to property, trying to get on to something personally. Um, mm. Whenever I do my road trips, that's how I do it. Um, when I'm around home and I do better around home, I'm hunting known spots and known deer and um, then I get a lot more action. Um, but if you're uh, not on anything, you can be wasting a lot of time on one property that doesn't have a good buck. Um, that's right. So, so what I do is I like, I start my season out, even, even at home, I cast a wide net unless I'm onto something big and, uh, I hunt a few different spots and I start narrowing down based on sign or sightings or whatever, where the big bucks are like now I've narrowed it down to Dave's farm, a particular sw- swamp, and then another property. And now I actually started getting some, um, camera pics of a big buck on another swamp. So I've got uh, four spots. I've narrowed it down to where I was hunting a lot wider than, had, and I've got some spots I will never even hunt because now I've got some big bucks. I'm starting to zone in on and target in on. So that's how I do it. I, I move in on certain animals, Um, and and even if I don't have an animal, that's why I, I cast that wide net.
0: How many sets do you have? You set a year, Tyler. How many days do you get a hunt uh, a year?
3: Well, so far I think I've had seven sits in this year so far, um, which for earlier in the season is a lot more than what I've been able to in the past few years and everything. Just with work and family stuff and everything, so sure. um, been been able to do it a whole lot more now and everything. And then um, I'm actually off off work all next week, so I was really hoping to hit it hard, being the week before Halloween and everything. So plan on getting. Getting out a little bit more i did find an area last week that was kind of a big thermal hub bowl and everything and that was one of the few spots where i did find um, a couple scrape lines and everything and seemed like they were coming down more off of the hills off the east side and everything but that evening that i went out there i just had a terrible wind for it and everything so i ended up sitting up on the other side but uh, i was hoping to be able to go back there and kind of try to pick that that chunk off of a little bit more and everything. It's kind of like a, a big 600, 600 acre piece. So I know I definitely didn't see all of it by any means.
1: Yep.
0: Yep. yep, yep. I wouldn't listen to me. I listened to Dan. You can ask people in the comments. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. So
1: you're killing yeah. plenty of bucks, man. That's why I said he should ask you first. Cause you're from Indiana over there. I just, uh, I, yeah, you, know, you could, you could, I, probably, I could probably, I could a lot of properties that don't have a big buck on them every year. You know where mm. I'm at. yeah but our
0: our public i don't know i think there is there's a um i mean i don't know you can have a thousand acre chunk all over the place here um
1: i don't know Uh, i think when i went down there and i hunted uh indiana on i hunted the other side of the state i hunted some very popular public land and i was having a really hard time and i was running into hunters constantly and when i got away from that popular public land that was very large and got into smaller little public properties that were um, out in the country I got into sign and big bucks a lot faster I didn't kill one but I got into the sign and knew I was on them.
3: So, so I was kind of trying to focus on a little bit more of some of the I guess a little bit a little bit of both and everything either big huge chunks and trying to just get deep and you know kind of get away from people and focus on the the, uh, I guess you say like higher percentage areas of where you would think they would be at, but then also like that spot, I, I said, I set my camera up yesterday and everything is like, if you look at it, it's basically like, it's just a little sliver of something and everything, but there was definitely no hunter sign, no anything there. It didn't look like any, especially back to where I set, was checking out and everything. It looked great and it didn't look like anybody had been back there in years, even like DNR or whatever.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah then there's yeah. probably got to be something big back there somewhere that's what i was hoping for yeah
0: i just had in my mind you're hunting southern indiana public and in the hills and it's like i got in one property i'll have 20 sits or i could sit up you know on the thousand acres or whatever and i assume you're probably not hunting every single day like you know dan does so and make it make a season out of it you know and learn it yeah but if not yeah jump around Whatever. Uh, <laughs> so. Sounds good.
3: I all right, man. It. I hope
0: we, we didn't just confuse you, probably. We didn't help you at no. all, really. We both had different <laughs> answers. So
1: all right, man. I appreciate Take it. Take her easy. You guys have a good
0: breach right,
1: with my answer, did I, Josh? Huh? No. Did I fuss no.
0: no, you're good. You're good. Just, you know, you do uh, have a lot less in
1: Indiana than, than what I have here. He could sit,
0: he could sit in some of the public land here 20 or 30 times and not hit at all. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I just, I try to put myself into most of the collar shoes. I mean, we hunt so freaking much. We don't get.
1: Yeah. I might have more sits in right now than he'll have in a year. I guarantee you do.
0: Um, you've probably sit 30 times.
1: Close to it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, un- I mean, most people don't, I mean, it may take some people a couple of years to do that. You know, if they're just hunting weekends and maybe a, maybe a five day vacation, you know, mm-hmm. um, and even then they're not even close to 30 sits, you know? So, cause most people don't hunt when it's not rut or, you know, the first couple of weeks of season and all that. But, um, all right, we got another call in here.
2: What's up guys? Hey,
0: pretty, how's it going?
2: Pretty good. Just got out of the woods um good uh yeah it has to do with my question a little bit um i uh i got in a spot there's probably like 16 fresh scrapes in like a one to two acre area it was insane there were there were some really nice rubs too um and you know how last time i was telling you guys about how um when the wind will dump off a ridge and hit an open area and then circle back, it almost like creates a constant swirl. Uh, that was kind of what was going on in this area. Um, I had doe come by and then um, what sounded like a few bucks, like thrashing around in the bedding um, after that. So it was a really cool sit. Like it was a, um, a rare area. Like I got in pictures of, um, I actually got a picture of the tethered guys a few times on my trail cameras. <laughs> this past weekend. And, and, um, and so I've gotten pictures of so many people. And this is the one area that like, seems like it hasn't been touched. Um, But um, part of my question was um, after going in there and kind of screwing with it um, and finding that this area is just like a bunch of thick cover, it's got a good uh, ridge that kind of the bedding pours down into, and it seems like the does kind of drop down there in the afternoon, the bucks follow afterward. how much time do you think you would give it before sitting it again? Like what I'm thinking personally is like, I want to hunt it in the pre-rut. I want to kind of hunt it like the 26th, 27th. Um, But I'm not sure how to like classify the area. If I didn't see any beds in particular of bucks, you know, I had to like, I just barely touched it. I plan on going much further than that, but I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of weirded out that there were so many scrapes. And there was only like one rub, one rub was big. But like, do you make of that as like one buck being dominant, you know, and there not being many other bucks, so he doesn't need to rub a lot or I don't know.
1: It Could be that there's a doe coming into heat early. There could be a couple of things. I mean, um, the last thing I would do probably is get a lot of hot sign and a lot of buck activity and then leave it alone for a month or a couple of weeks. Yeah, For me. I dive in it right now. I don't. I don't understand that. I've had people tell me that in the past that they got all this activity and then they're gonna um they're gonna wait to rut to hunt it and then the deer aren't there. And I'm like, well, you were in activity because you're in a spot where they are during that period of time.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: you <laughs> have like patterns of time of a couple of weeks in an area. I mean, there's areas where they do. You know, it just gradually gets better and better into rut. Right. But if it's you know. If you got that many scrapes around and stuff, there's something going on there. You need to focus on it and, and, uh, not quit hunting and go someplace worse.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I rarely, I've never gotten in a situation like that. And I, I rarely see them in an area for more than like three days. Um, but yeah, I had a doe come in, um, and she came in and, and came off of the, the ridge. Uh, she was bedded on a leeward side and then, um, that wind was switching back. So it was weird. She was going downhill um what would be you know downwind but eventually the wind was swirling back to her so she came and checked the scrape and um she eventually got right underneath me saw me started stomping and, and blew just a little bit kind of like a, a soft swoop you know sometimes they'll blow 20 times she blew like three times and um i sit yesterday which i got really good video of i had bucks grunting and chasing uh younger bucks off and um i would grunt over the top of squirrels and other things moving and it would cause those deer to like recircle so when she blew like i've seen does blow at bucks before um i covered it afterward with a grunt and then she heard that grunt and circled back three times so i was like thinking is she possibly going into heat pretty soon like you know she wasn't waving her tail or anything like you typically see but i was thinking like maybe she's going into heat soon and there's this kingpin buck that's just kind of Trying to, to hit that date and and dominate that area before she
1: does. So, uh, are you hunting it on a bad wind or something? Um, I wasn't even planning on sitting the spot. Um,
2: what the predominant wind, says it wouldn't have been the best situation to sit there. But the way that the wind actually was in the area, it I I can't imagine a buck wouldn't have everyone pegged. You know that that was there. So I actually sat low until the thermal started dropping down and that gave me more consistent of a wind and then it popped up in the tree. Um, but the way that that clearing has kind of worked with it, it's, it's, it's a tall Ridge that drops down to a clearing that drops into a little bit of timber before dropping into a river. So it's like it can come over here and then it just pulls back. Well, this wind today, like blowing non leeward, was pushing in and every time it hit those trees it would circle back and push back out towards that river so it was it was really interesting it was a constant
1: flow of oh, scent it
2: seemed what like
1: no matter is that if you're hunting in kind of a thermal hub like that mm-hmm. and you're down in the middle i could take you to a bunch of those you'll never kill a deer in one but you go in there you see a lot of sign mm-hmm. and you're wasting a lot of time and and educating a lot of deer and pushing <laughs> I think the way you got to hunt that is hunt that on the outskirts where they come in and out of there, because every deer in there is going to smell that you're there. Right. And I think that, uh, penetrating that area is probably bad. You can probably hunt plenty close to that around the outskirts and on the, um, elevations and, um, funnels that go in and out of there. It's mm-hmm. your way around it without actually, uh, going into the area where they're going to smell you there's a reason that they're there and it's probably because of the way the thermals are working and the wind's working Mm -hmm. and if you penetrate that area they're going to smell you so you have to sit on the fringes of it in my opinion um yeah that's that's how um most of us hunt thermal hubs which might be what you're talking about Mm -hmm. what do you think josh
0: oh i would completely agree it's it's tough to hunt like down in a thermal hub i mean and even if even if you think you have a perfect win it's not going to be perfect the whole time you know if it's okay. going right down straight through the hub um, <coughs> yeah i always try to get up get up in the um the areas where they're going to work their way out of them and like just like dan said i mean um and it's tough not to hunt down in there cuz there's all kinds of sign and everything mm-hmm. and all that but um yeah
2: yeah it it seemed unlike some of the other thermal hubs like usually when I've, i'm in a thermal hub it's like Multiple points dropping down into one area, kind of opens up into mm-hmm. a bottom. This was like against a flat ridge, so it, it was weird to see the wind doing that there. But there's, yeah, there's definitely something unique going on with the thermals. Um, I'm gonna have to yeah. uh throw a boat in to get in,
0: yeah. the other side, but I'll make and it. I work. think, yeah, you may just be too far up into the hub, like you may. I don't know, you have to, I, I don't know the scenario exactly. Um, I'll uh, send you a pin, <laughs> okay? Uh, oh, well, anyway. Well, cool, appreciate man. it, guys. All right, See thanks, you. Jay. Bye.
1: You know, you know yeah. the hunt I did today. Yeah, it's kind of like the total opposite. Um, as we discussed earlier off air, um, I had a really big buck show up on cell cam the last two days. Um, mm-hmm. Over at Dave's, right close to where I shot that deer in the uh, neck. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the trouble with that spot is, is the wind is almost always wrong. Yeah. Uh, west wind blows right into the bedding. So any westerly wind is pretty much wrong. And, uh, today we had a, uh, west, northwest wind. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I didn't want to wait cause I think that deer's on a pattern. Cause there's a, something going on with a the doe there and I don't think it's going to last long. So I wanted to hunt it tonight while he's there and active and while there's pictures of him, um, coming in and out of the bed and area in daylight. So I wanted a roundabout way to come in from the downwind side and get close to there and kind of look at what the wind was doing. And as I came in there up high, the wind was as predicted when you're on top of the Hills, exactly, almost exactly West, just a tinge of North, which is what West Northwest is it was pretty much West, you know? So uh, I get down into the Valley and looking at how the wind, the land is shaped and how the trees are shaped. When the wind comes over and hits that opening and hits that wall of trees where the bedding is, it turns, you know, on an angle and goes more North than West. And, uh, I thought I was going to have to get on that back wall in order to get that to achieve that wind turning north and be able to get some shooting out. And looking at it when I got down there with with um, you know, w- with the binoculars. Um, I couldn't I couldn't get to that wall. It was not doable because it, there's no way I could have set up there and not alerted those deer in the bedding area. So I started looking and there's a tree that I've hunted before that covers the whole area. But on a west wind, which was predicted and what what exactly the wind was, it'd blow right into the bedding area. Yeah. But I just kept testing the wind with the milkweed and thinking, well, maybe I can get in the ground. Maybe I can do this. And looking at what it was doing, I was in there for 20 minutes trying to decide where to go. It never blew to the bedding area. It'd kind of blow west for a little bit, but it would turn. It would always turn when, when that wind would hit that wall. So I ended up setting up exactly upwind of the deer but because of the shape of the terrain and the land, even without thermals the way the wind flew through that that little valley, and the way it hit the wall of timber um, it just pulled the wind in a different direction, not by much it, it, tra- it changed that west wind to northwest which was enough uh, every time I dropped milkweed it would never make it over to where the deer would come out, now if they took 10 or 15 more steps they'd probably win me I did have some uh, some does come out. Probably the one the buck was looking for, and she kept looking behind her like she was being followed. But he never came out. And uh, but bottom line is, if that was him, I could have shot him before she got my scent. And she and she just left when she scented me. So the buck wasn't around. She didn't like blow or anything else. But uh, yeah, wind is key.
0: It is. And like, uh, Gary shot his deer, uh, down in, uh, what Jacob would probably think of as a hub there. But what was unique about Gary's is it, he was kind of at the mouth of it where it was super wide, um, where the wind would be a little bit more, you know, predictable, um, where the ridges aren't so tall, you know, he was almost down to the, um, you know, the little crop fields or whatever was outside the hub. So, um. Yeah. Hill, that's why Hill Country's tough, is because of the wind. That's what makes it tough. And um,
1: yeah, I think one of the biggest things people got to learn in Hill Country is patience. Yeah. You can't just dive in. It's a thought yeah. process. You got to think about everything you do before you do it.
0: Yep. They can see you better, and they can smell you better, usually. So, um, But that's why some of the big ones live there. <laughs> All right. Let's see here. I was, we'll get to a few more questions, everybody. We got a bunch of them tonight. So, um, here's one. You guys ever gun hunt? Why or why not? Yep. (laughs) Yep. I gun hunt. I'll, uh, I'm not opposed to picking up a rifle or whatever's in season and, uh, using it. Um, we don't have the tradition like you guys do with the deer drives and stuff. We used to back in the day, but we haven't done deer drives in a long time. But you guys do a lot of deer drives.
1: Yeah. Someone asked some for some reason it's okay to hunt with a gun just as long as you don't you know, you know you can shoot them at six hundred yards as long as you don't use a crossbow, right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, I,
1: I use a gun. I mean, I use a rifle. Um, I enjoy that, but in Wisconsin. um, we get a bow tag and a gun tag. Mm-hmm. Now I could bow hunt during gun season, wearing blaze orange with guys all around shooting guns, and try to shoot one with a bow. And I do occasionally try that. Yeah, um, but uh, I enjoy gun hunting. It's a different hunt, but yeah. I enjoy it. I've killed some really big bucks with the gun.
0: Yeah, I've only gotten a gun hunt. I bet in the last fifteen years, twice in Indiana. Just don't have you don't get a tag once you shoot one deer during... Yeah. You only yeah, get one. Mostly, day, right? One. Yeah. I don't get a hunt. I shot. Yeah. Last time I shot one, I shot one in 2018 with a gun. It was like a 155. it is a great big deer. And then before that, I don't know. It was a while ago before that. And I shot a nice eight pointer, but, um, I will go if I get the chance to, if I have to, if I have a tag still, um, what happens you- your, someone, someone asked later on in the, um, Questions and answers uh, if your strategy changes whenever you uh, from archery season to gun season.
1: It didn't used to. I used to like bow hunt with a gun. You know, I'd go out there and set up on betting areas, and, and you know, and it was just like if you've seen one that was dead, where with a bow, you see one and hopefully it gives you a shot. Um, but um, more and more as I get older, I'm enjoying the com- camaraderie of uh, group hunting, um, yeah, and doing drives and stuff like that. But I still like getting off on my own and uh, going out, uh, stalking them or uh, hunting bedding areas. Um, I probably do my best in, in the swampy terrain where I live, hunting like a bow hunt, um, setting up in uh, remote bedding areas. Um, I've never done well sitting on uh, pressure funnels, which seems to be the common thing that everybody wants to do. They want to sit where the deer are going to get pushed to. Um, when I yeah. do that, I always see small deer. It seems like big bucks just don't run forever through funnels. Um, I've never done well like when when opening day of pheasant or opening day a duck or any of that stuff. I'll, I'll shoot deer in those days, but only if I'm hunting bedding. Um, so for gun, I mean, uh, sitting has done really well for me. But uh, when I hunted more farm terrain, uh, the best tactic I had was to sneak into the bedding areas with the gun. And when they jump up, shoot them. That works yeah. for me.
0: I hunt almost when I have a gun in my hand, I'm almost more mobile than with a bow. Like mm-hmm. I, I just go after a man. I I'll carry that bucket around with me or just whatever I have to do to try to get close and sit up on them. It's, it's kind of fun.
1: Uh, my old man would always say you got to sit and wait. And uh, the person who sits the longest will get the most deer. And I always got the most deer and I'd get up and go after him. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: it's a different different type of hunting, but it's still all fun. Here you go, Dan. What do you guys do if you have to pee while in the tree?
1: I hold it, I hold it until a squirrel comes by. <laughs> <You> never waste <laughs> good squirrel ammo. <sighs> uh, yeah, I just pee. Deer aren't deer are not affected by pee. It doesn't bother them one bit. I mean they're gonna smell where you walk, they're gonna smell your scent dropping from you on the ground, but they're not gonna smell yeah. your pee. I've had them walk right over and lick it off the leaves. Yeah. I mean, they can care people, about pee itself, but the scent that they're smelling, if they smell anything is from your body. Right. Right. I mean, you know,
0: it's a, it's a pretty common practice now for people to like start mock scrapes with human urine, you know, and yeah, I, I just pee off the tree. I don't hold it either. If I had to pee, get it over with. So it's not happening while you're something coming in, you know? Um, Yeah, I always try to try to make it as quiet as possible. Pee on the tree next to me or something so it drips down. And we're gonna
1: maybe it sounds like a deer peeing, so just let it fly. Yeah, (laughs) just see how loud we can
0: make it. Oh, we're getting a little too detailed now, anyway. I don't carry a bottle with me or any of that stuff, though, like some people do, and that's nasty. My uh, I hunted a this has been a long time ago. Um some of my cousins or my cousins and his buddies built a uh, shooting shack or whatever. And, uh, I had to been in high school, but I went and got in that shooting shack one night and they had freaking pee bottles and that thing just stacked oh. in there. I was like, Oh gosh. Yeah. That turned, turned me off to, to that, but okay. you gotta
1: Remember which ones your mountain do. Yeah.
0: Right. Uh, this, uh, Eight Point Outdoors asked, tips for hunting from the ground. Have you guys ever had any luck from the ground?
1: Uh, yeah, I've, I've shot a few off the ground. It's hard. It's a lot harder than out of a tree. They're really in tune with what's on ground level, and you lose a lot of your uh, shooting ability. Um, like if I was on ground level today, I would have had to have uh, got a window just to where those deer come out. I wouldn't have had a window behind me and a window to my right where they can come out too. I'd have to pick one. And you have to be camouflaged really well. You have to have good back cover, um, because if you're silhouetted at all, they're going to spot you. And your scent stays down low when you're down low. So it'll like pool around you, and deer will pick it up easier. So you get busted a lot more. Um, But in a lot of cases, uh, hunting off the ground can get you into places where uh, people hunting out of trees don't go. So um, I'm not opposed to hunting off the ground but I only do it when I need to. So if the yeah. deer is in a spot where I can't get in a tree or I can't get elevated or I can't do it effectively, I hunt off the ground. But it's, it's, uh, really important to have a very good th- setup off the ground. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I've, uh, I've shot a couple bucks with a ghillie suit on like a ghillie top. That seems mm-hmm. to help a lot. Um, it does
1: the people I know that are successful for it with it. uh the guys with the ghillie suits do way better than the guys without them.
0: Yeah, um, but like Dan has said, it's always just been because I couldn't get in the tree somewhere. I think if you're into ground hunting, go watch those get like Zach Farrenball or uh, um, what's their names? Whitetail Adrenaline, The guys that that's what all they do. You know, they probably sit on the ground a hundred times more than me and Dan have because they do it every single time they go out. But, um. Anyway. All right. Let's see here. Let's see here. There's another question from Brad. How much do you believe in the statement? Deer won't leave a cornfield till the corn is harvested. He's seeing, seeing old sign, but not much from this year. I don't
1: know if I've ever actually
0: heard that before.
1: I have. People talk about that here all the time. I think it's a word. Yeah.
0: I know. I know people. Well, I guess maybe I have. People will say like, uh, um, we're not yeah, seeing anything because there's too much corn in it. Yeah, corn around. Yeah, that's probably what he's referring to, I guess.
1: Yeah, I like the uh, corn. I like standing corn. It makes hunting better, I think. Um, and a lot of people want it down. Um, I don't see deer bedding in corn much. When they do, it's not actually in the corn. Uh, I've seen doe groups bed right in the corn quite a bit and small bucks. But bigger bucks will tend to be on tree lines through the corn, ditches in the corn, a little pond in the corn. A little grassy opening in the corn where they can monitor the predators around them if they bed right in the open corn in a row a coyote can run right up the row behind them, right to them yeah they can, they uh they don't have all their bases covered and, and big bucks will have all their bases covered with a bedding area now um another thing is is they really plant those corn rows close together now a big buck can't even get his rack through that crap in a lot of cases mm-hmm. You know, they can get into areas that have been knocked down from deer getting in their feeding and stuff, but they can't just walk through those rows if they got a 20-inch rack, you know.
0: Right. Uh, I'll just tell you a little story about we have a buck uh, we've had on camera for, I think, four years now. He's just a giant this year. He was a giant last year. He was pretty regular last year, um, but the the farm he's on was all corn last year. It's like a there's like four cornfields, like small cornfields on the the farm. Um, I don't think he's bedding in the cornfields. He's the only thing on the farm is tree lines or uh, fence rows with trees in the middle of them. You know, and uh, he's there every year. You you'll get daylight pictures of him every year that there's corn there, and every year there's not corn there. He's never there. He's he'll he'll stroll through and you know, in at midnight or something, but. You're, it's very rare to get a picture of him even close to daylight when the corns not there um, I'm with you dan i like corn standing corn
1: um i have seen uh deer bed and corn on a, in a couple of uni- – or big bucks on a couple of unique situations yeah you know, like one being a really uh grassy field where it wasn't weeded real well yeah you know? yeah um like they didn't use the right pesticides or whatever it gets real yeah. grassy in there, and it you know uh, and the other one was when it was like there is absolutely no cover anywhere else, like wide open stuff and yeah. uh, had a lot of pressure where there's no pressure in the corn. You know, but uh, I don't think they like corn. It doesn't offer them no. protection.
0: But uh, I think they'll go in there if they're scared or something, spooks them in there, though.
1: Yeah. Um, We've done a lot of drives, you know, deer drives and corn and stuff. And when we do put yeah. bucks out of them. The bucks come out of the tree lines, they come out of the ditches, they come out of the ponds, they come out of the side yeah. of the corn.
0: Yeah, but I think they'd rather walk between like a field edge and a, or a, you know, the corn and the tree line than walking through the beans in the tree line, you know, that I think that's what they,
1: no, they'll, like they'll they're, they're go right the corn. Yeah. Up and walk right into corn and then come mm-hmm. out in a different spot and stuff and people think that they were bedding in there. But yeah, right. No. Corn's a good cover. They'll move in there in daylight quite a bit. Right near their bed. Right. Yep.
0: Here you go, Dan. What's your arrow weight and your and broadhead you use?
1: Uh I don't remember. Do you, you remember when we figured that out? What my weight was? I Thought I it was like idea. five hundred or something like that. But, uh, I'm using a um uh G five strikers.
0: Dan shoots a full length arrow, so it's pretty heavy, heavy arrow.
1: Yeah. It's um, not trimmed at all. I got eight arms.
0: Right. Uh, yeah, it has to be close to that. Put 500 grains, I bet. Mm-hmm. Your arrow is probably, I mean, my is only like 28 inches long. So you got a few inches on me on the arrow wise. Um, can you give us any updates on the camera survey?
1: uh well, uh, I've had some problems with some of them going dead with batteries and stuff but um, I haven't kind of uh, I haven't really put anything together on it yet but uh, one thing I am noticing um, that's been a good takeaway for me is that um, a lot of the spots that I've been into, really aren't burned out. I mean, they've still got big bucks moving in and out of them even after uh, I've been there. And I still say it, it has a huge impact on me being there. And I see cameras go dead after them there for a while. But you do see a series of, of certain bucks moving into areas even after I've hunted them uh, on occasion. That was one thing that uh, I have to figure out the numbers on that but uh, that was pretty interesting.
0: Yep. It's almost like a good spot still a good spot after it yeah another another thing is how often
1: a a buck is bedding in a spot you know and i'm seeing patterns of which i've already i already kind of knew um but it's interesting to see it firsthand um the bucks are bedding there for you know a week or two and then they're gone you know um there's patterns of these deer moving around from bedding area to bedding area they don't um stay in a bedding area for a whole year and there's Obviously, there's groups of bucks going into these bedding areas. So uh, it's not just one. Um, and they're not there every day. So you could hunt it and miss them and then go hunt someplace else. And it doesn't necessarily mean he'll be gone. I've ended up, because of um, what I've seen on the cameras by Dave, I've ended up hunting a spot that I probably would have only hunted once. So I've hunted several times just because the deer's still there. And actually, right. now it's a whole different deer. Yeah. Because deer there.
0: All right. Let's do a couple more, and then we'll we'll get off here. Would you rather have to set upwind of a deer trail or cross the deer trail so you are downwind, but leave ground scent on the trail?
1: I would uh, leave ground scent on the trail, and I'd be in a position where I can hit where I walked across it
0: cross the trail uh, and then move up a little bit, up mm-hmm. trail.
1: So you can All get right, to the right wind. Yeah.
0: Okay. Let's see here. kind of scrolling through some of the questions. Is it normal for does to leave scent in a scrape site?
1: Do you want to answer yep.
0: that? Yeah. Yep. It is. Uh a scrape is not just a communication thing for bucks. It's a it's a deer thing. Um mm-hmm. so does and I've bucks seen will seen
1: them do it set a rut. I'm in mean, early season. I've yep. seen I've seen does do it, you know, in September.
0: Yep. It's a even in the summertime, uh the, the, they may not be, you know, uh, working the scrape, but a lot of deer will go over and just smell around in a in a old scrape or something. It's a good place, like if you're on public land to Know, get intel on on uh, like for trail cameras and this stuff is an old old scrape or a scrape that opens up during the year that they use year after year. Yeah, I took a,
1: a hunt at Dave's one time when I was hunting over a scrape and you can hear the buck coming out of the swamp and out comes walking a doe and she came and worked the scrape like a buck. Video yeah. took the whole thing and then walked away.
0: You ever go in blind on morning sits?
1: I have. And every time I do, I swear I'll never do that again. <laughs> <laughs> oh. It's a difficult task. I mean, uh, you know, like when we go on these road trips, um, that's the one thing that keeps us from doing morning hunts is that, uh, um, you don't know where you're going if you, you haven't already hunted or if you already hunted or you feel like you already burned it, you know? Um, So going in blind is hard. I mean, if, if you know the area is going to be kind of open, if you kind of glass it, you got near it or something. If you know what you got for trees, sometimes you can tell by looking and seeing that the trees are uh, more uh, bigger you know, diameter. Sometimes you can see that on Onyx or, or whatever app you use. Um, then you know you at least you got some trees to work with. But I would say that uh, going in in gray light is probably better um, for a morning hunt. Um, if you're going in blind. So at least you can kind of look for the right tree and light axis, and you know where the trails are and you know what your shooting lanes are and all that kind of crap.
0: Yeah. That would be my recommendation is go in, in gray light. Um, Cause you're going to get up set up there and, unless you've pre-scouted it and all that good stuff, but like you're going to get in there. Well, he's asking about going in blind, so you wouldn't have, but um you're going to go in there in the dark, you're going to get set up. It's going to be the wrong tree. Then you're going to get down in gray light anyway and move. So you might as well, you know, not waste your time, uh, and just do it. And then you can be, and and then whenever you're trying to get down and move, you're in a hurry and you're trying to be fast and then you're being noisy and everything else. So we did that. And, uh, ah, we'll talk about that next week. Never Uh, let's see here. We're almost to the end of the questions here um yeah the untamed guys jimmy they have some good ground hunting stuff they make some pretty sweet ghillie suits they make homemade ones they're pretty cool looking um you hunted with those guys in uh indiana last year yeah nice guys yep have you killed or seen um expected exiting behavior after having a doe blow at you
1: um, geez, I think so, but I, I can't think of a specific time. I don't think blowing at you is the end of the world. I've had deer crash through bedding areas and you kill one. I think uh, you did a video on it, didn't you?
0: Yeah, I killed a nice eight pointer after I shot a doe and it ran back through the bedding area. It's on the channel. You can see me. Yeah, heck, I really? shot
1: a buck in the neck, and then five minutes later, I mean, shot a doe through the heart, and five minutes later, shot a buck in the neck that was 100 yards away, watching me shoot her. So, I don't think that stuff affects him as much as what people think. I mean, you don't want to spook things, for sure, that might spook your your buck. Right. But I don't think it's the end 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 of the game. I think uh, you can play it off sometimes. Yep. Lots of things make deer uh, blow. I've heard deer just blow in the distance sometimes. I don't know if they get downwind of a coyote or whatever, or they're blowing at a buck. And I've I've seen them blow at bucks when they're rutting, you know, like they're scared of the buck, you know. I don't know that uh, a buck knows why they blew or anything. It's not like they can reason.
0: Right. Right. And I wonder, too, is like how much, how long they probably hear it all the time, you know, they're out there all the time and wonder how much, uh, weight they put on it, you know, I don't know. It's hard to say. Some bucks are probably more sensitive to others and probably depends on the scenarios they've had happen to them. Whenever a doe has a blown at them or blown in the distance, you know, maybe some buck had a, you know, arrow go through his back straps three minutes after a doe blew and maybe he's not going to come in, you know. Um, But anyway, let's get off here, Dan. think i went through most of the questions and it's getting to be a hour and a half so if you guys uh like the show make sure you subscribe and tell your friends about it and all that so we'll be on next week we'll probably talk about our wisconsin battle of the bows hunts uh may even get some other people from the hunt on if we can if they have time yeah yeah get the stick boys or todd from crossbow magazine or savannah and uh, talk to them. So, all right, everybody have a good night and we will see you uh, next week. We we'll looking for the next Michigan video and the Wisconsin videos uh, between now and then. See everybody. Bye. soon.